This is Julia. Welcome to I Have Help. Interviews about the support in our lives, the paid and unpaid childcare, housework, and support we utilize to try to make our lives run smoothly. Today's episode, I interview the amazing Claire Bourne. Claire is a wonderful pelvic health physio who I met after my first pregnancy and then continued to see during and after my second. She has always been a great resource and has an amazing online presence, working to normalize the conversation around pelvic health. We jump right in, and I think you'll hear just how excited I was to get Claire on the phone. Just a quick note that we recorded this back in July before her book launched, but her book is out now. There's also a little bit about the Barbie movie at the end. I've added a link to the show notes for where you can find and purchase Claire's book. It's wonderful, and I suggest it to everyone. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I enjoyed chatting with Claire. Hello. Hello. As you're introducing yourself, I wanted you to also make sure that you're plugging your book because huge congratulations. I'm so excited to read this. Um, I selfishly, I'm like, I want to read it. I will obviously buy it, but I also like, I'm going to continue to just see you personally. Like as much as I trust myself to read the book, I'm like, no, I'm just going to schedule like yearly meetings. With- monitors. Yeah, but that's yeah. the best way uh, ab- Not meetings, it, appointments, right? appointments, right? But like to stay on Come top down. of it. Yeah, no, great idea. It's the best way. It's the best way if we can. I think you're putting such a happy face to pelvic health. Oh, it's good. doing so much good because so much of you hear of it, it's a bit more doom and gloom, yeah. but you present everything so kind of in such a welcoming way and you are such a warm welcoming person that it is it doesn't feel sterile and medical it feels so much a so much more normalized and also so many times like on your Instagram it's just like you're having a chat with a friend which I think (laughs) is because and a lot of medicine has gotten to that but I think Mm. pelvic health is one that still seems like testy or oh, a little yeah. bit more taboo to discuss and I think mm-hmm. I really wanted to give you just the acknowledgement of doing so much to just kind of normalize it and bring it to be not just normalized but not fun but but fun but first can you yeah. tell us a little bit about yourself and your book yeah so I'm Claire I'm a pelvic health physiotherapist which means I'm a regular physio like everyone would probably understand as a physio but I've done additional training so I do vaginal examinations and I can assess the pelvic floor. I can also do anorectal examinations, which sound a bit like, oh my gosh. But, you know, I basically can assess the vagina, the back passage, the bowel, and the whole pelvic floor area um, just to really deal with a whole host of symptoms that many of us do not want to talk about, but actually can really deeply impact us emotionally, physically in our life. So that's my kind of day job. I'm also a mum of two. So I've got a six and a three year old. So I actually work part-time uh, clinically as well as doing various other things. And this year has bought, yes, writing a book. So um, I've sort of just finished that whole process. It's gone to print. The next time I will see it as an actual book. And then it comes out into the world, into people's homes on the 14th of September, which just is actually not that far away. So yeah, um, really exciting. And yeah, my whole mission behind the book was really to sort of bring the clinic room into people's homes to have the conversations that I'm having on a daily basis to normalize so much of pelvic health that we just still don't talk about to make it feel much more approachable Mm. that it's actually we don't have to do thousands of kegels every day that it is not just about hammering the pelvic floor exercises that it's looking at the whole of our pelvic health which is actually a huge topic it's not just about the pelvic floor muscles 
so that's kind of what the book's about it's basically your own opportunity to journey through your own life and pelvic health journey um reflect along the way make plan actions if you need to loads of practical advice so hopefully you don't even need to see a physio so lots that's kind of the mission um of the book amazing so tell me a little bit about your family so you have two girls or a boy and a girl I've got a girl and a boy. Yeah. So my, my, my big girl now, she's six and a half. Um, my little boy is three and a half. So yeah, I mean, it's so weird because I feel like motherhood is such a just ongoing journey, right? Mm. I still feel like a new mom in many, many ways because each step is new, right? So like you're yeah. constantly learning how to mom at a different phase. And so, you know, with my six and a half year old now, it's like, let's do coloring, let's do a craft, let's chat, let's, go to the cinema together and it becomes much more of kind of a relationship friendships sort of thing yeah. like obviously it's different I'm still her mum but I just really see a different shift um but even like we just come back for an amazing adventure we went to Europe but we actually went on the train we traveled across Europe on trains uh you know the kids had their own little backpacks um I mean you know my husband still carries majority of the stuff but you know we we stayed in a couple of hotels we did some city trips and then we went into the Alps and we've been like hiking and so it was like our first real what felt like a proper family holiday of like we all wanted to do the same thing rather than you know how it can be like, yeah. like you look after the baby while I take the toddler on the swing and you change that nappy while I do bedtime yeah. It just really felt like we were a family and it was just really lovely. And so I feel like I've just started to shift into that next stage of motherhood um, away from the baby days, which I slightly feel sad about, but also have really enjoyed this kind of slightly next stage, which is great. Yeah, I think you're you're so right that kind of every phase you realize you're like a new mom again in that phase. Like once <laughs> you've mastered one phase so quickly, you're like, oh, like a new oh. new adventure of like, oh, like my toddler is bigger now and there's the benefits of that. But then also like there's new things that I hadn't even known were coming for me with this. Totally. And so you have to kind totally. of relearn things all the time. Um, so let, tell me a little bit about your work, like your work setup, you and your husband's work setup, like what, what, what what your husband does and also like what days you guys work yeah so my husband's a GP Mm. so but he is quite interesting so he is a regular GP it's kind of what we'd all understand like you go visit your GP and do your normal GP appointments but he's also done additional training so he's like a GP with a specialist interest in like the ears nose and throat so the way you get these GPs now that are starting to sort of slightly work in a more consultant role within a specialism Mm. so It's basically always trying to break down barriers, trying to reduce waiting times into hospitals. So he does basically two and a half days as a regular GP. He does one day a week in this sort of semi GP surgical role in a different clinic. And then he does one a day a week with our kids. So the school run, my three year old. um, And yeah, so he does like one day a week when I go and do a very long clinical day. So he sort of is the main sole parent that day and then I do three days at home predominantly Monday Wednesday Friday um I do a very long clinic day at the minute on Tuesday and then on Thursdays I have been writing now in the next year that will all shift and get again but um we predominantly share the childcare. um we also have my parents nearby we also have my we we really we grew up together so our parents are both like 10 minutes away so we're in this ridiculously unique unusual situation where we have it's the dream yeah it is the dream it's the dream that everyone wants 
but it, it's, a, it's a totally double-edged sword so my parents come and do a day of childcare a week which is amazing you know, they do the school run they spend the day with my son um and they have the best time and they've done that since I had my daughter predominantly apart from the COVID years but you know they've been very heavily involved but it's weird because I feel that I actually don't spend time with my parents because they're kind mm. of here every week yet I'm not here and yeah. so actually I started to realize over time even though it was almost like my parents felt like they were here a lot I didn't I like lost that quality relationship with them because mm. it was so focused on childcare and has they done a poo today <laughs> you know what's the homework and and yeah. they're so busy being me and then that handover that actually so um I've kind of had to learn that we also need to book in time to do stuff as a family that it isn't just this constant childcare like tag team which I think yeah. parenting can become right you, you know with your yeah. own husband you can be like or what have they done today and then you actually forget that you have a relationship outside of that yeah when it becomes when, it, when any relationship just becomes about the admin of it all then you're just kind of surviving through life rather than actually totally. enjoying life together and that and totally. it's so interesting with the with the grandparents that that role so so talk me through kind of what so what the child care you have for your child care and mm. school that you have for your kids yeah. so what like what does a normal day look like yeah so my daughter's in full-time education now so she's five days a week at school but I mean that's what like nine until three thirty. so the weirdest yeah. sort of day that's out there yeah um my son's actually just been at home with family or me for the last three years we actually haven't yeah. had him at nursery or anyone else um various reasons for that um we did a very similar it, we did a very similar thing with my daughter because COVID hit and she was about to go to nursery, but then he was born. And so we delayed it slightly because we didn't want the whole like new like nursery. And then, then so she was then at home with me. Yeah. Um, and actually with him, because we always had someone around and he has such a great life. Like we go do loads of clubs and stuff. Um, and we've been constantly trying to work out what we wanted it to look like. And we've been on a mm. massive journey with education. So actually moving my daughter's school. And so when we decided on that, we then had to change my son's nursery we had him booked for somewhere else for January, but then that didn't work anymore. So it's just been a bit of a mess. And so we had to yeah. just keep delaying it. In the end, he's off to the nursery of the school he is going to go to from next year. So September, she starts a new school and he's off to pre-prep. Uh, oh, sorry, pre-nursery, like nursery of prep. Yeah, yeah. And that will change again. So at the minute, yeah. it's very much one of us is always with him living our best lives <laughs> with a three-year-old. <laughs> um and she's been in full-time education and because you know and there's I mean the whole thing with nurse is really tricky because I got to the point where around us I really wanted just a preschool because I was like at the end of the day I've got school hours anyway and unless I was right. going to do tons of wraparound care for her which made no sense at all there's the fact we have family and one of us around a lot anyway it's just financially didn't make any sense so I was like looking at preschools and all the preschools basically struggled in COVID and then shut down so I was left uh, with kind of like one option, but then there was tons of waiting lists and I couldn't really get him in. And then when we were like, okay, well, we could then with the other option was to put him in like a full-time nursery or like, you know, like a, a private nursery. Right. But then I was like, you know what? I don't want to have to get in there at 7.38 in the morning because it's the other side of town to her school. You know, and the thing the with second kids- just made it too difficult. Yeah. It just made no sense. I was like, yeah. I'm actually going to pay to make my life harder when I could just exactly. keep them at home until it makes more sense. Yeah. So anyway, it's been a huge journey. I feel like I've literally been on this for like the last 18 months trying to work out <laughs> what was going to work. And ultimately the second kid, right, has to fit in slightly with the first kid. And like- Absolutely. It's so different to the first time yeah. around when you're like, oh, what's my ideal nursery? And what's my ideal this? And, and then second time around, it's like, well, that doesn't work. So you're going to have to right. go there. Right. Well, take me back to when you were pregnant with your first. Mm. What did you envision 
your setup to look like? Like, what were you hoping for? And like, kind of what were your expectations of motherhood yeah. and also like the, the setup that you would potentially have? So to be completely honest with you, I didn't know if I'd go back to work. Like I just yeah. was so open to just see how it goes. Yeah. And even through my mat leave, I just love being at home. Mm. And I think growing up, so my mum was a full a stay-at-home mum until we were teenagers. You know, my mother-in-law was a stay-at-home mum until my husband was a teenager. My aunts were, really the model to me had been like, you have kids, you stay home and you might go back to work later on. Yeah. And I just had no one around me that was doing the working mum thing of young right. children yeah and I was the first of all of my friends because I had my first when I was 28 so I was relatively young in mm. the kind of like London age of having kids yeah I just had no one else doing it so I kind of was like I don't know really like maybe I'll just stay at home for a few years and then go in but actually within physiotherapy once you step away it's actually quite hard to go back because then you have to like re- retrain like do uh. some kind of proving that you've still got the skills you haven't de-skilled and that sort of stuff so right until the end I was like I'm really not sure but I had a lovely team and a lovely boss and she was a mum, and she was just like come back for a couple of days a week and just see how it goes and my husband was like go for six months and if everyone's miserable we'll stop so through many many conversations my mum and my mother-in-law wanted to do a day each they were like we really want to spend some time with her while she's little while we're still young enough to do it so I went back to work two days a week and my mum had her one day and my mother-in-law had her the other day and that's how we did it that's Um, so great which was amazing. And I think the thing was, so at that point, I'm trying to remember where we were in like my husband, because ultimately it's always a balance, right? My husband, right. he is now pretty regular in, but training mm. as a doctor, there is no regularity. It's shift work and it's all just mm. all over the place. So when she was a small child, he was doing A&E shifts, which were literally like 8am to 3pm or 2pm to 11pm and right. all nights. And so there was no ability for me to rely on him to do a nursery drops. It always had to be on me. Yeah. Um, but equally, my clinics often start at 8 a.m. as well. So I was like, well, I can't, I could just never make it work. We're trying to do a nursery drop. He wouldn't be there. So family, we were really going to rely on anyway, or I'd have to just do these really weird hours, which didn't always work. Mm. So after much deliberation, yeah, the decision was I would just do two days a week. So we had the childcare and then we would just kind of scale it from there. But two days was great. And I loved being yeah. with her three days. I loved my two days. And I did that until I was pregnant again and then went on that leave again. So I pretty much worked two days a week officially. I mean, I work far more than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I... <laughs> on paper, on paper, you work t- two days a week, but it's two much more week. than that. Yeah, it's much more than that, especially now. So post, so then I had my son January 2020 had no idea what was ahead obviously then COVID hit which thank goodness I was on maternity leave so I didn't have to try and juggle working and kids but um after that year the way school was about to start COVID was still weird yeah grandparents we didn't really want to involve because we were very high risk with my nature of my husband being a doctor of getting COVID and the whole like vaccine you know you just look back and you're like the whole time is a bit of a blur but it was a long time of uncertainty uncertainty Um, is the right word because you just felt like you couldn't make any like real plans because that I was on mat leave I had my first in 2019 and so I Mm. that was my kind of first experience with motherhood and yeah like trying to think back to what my expectations were I think I had expectations but they were so quickly shattered because of COVID that the restrictions of what I could do that then motherhood just looked like COVID to me. And so I had no idea kind of what else, you know, it could look like. 
uh, or B. So it was just very, very different. So then- I was say, like speaking to my I like loved my first maternity leave like I would just yeah. do that again and again and again I had so much fun met with loads of friends made loads of mum friends we just went out every day doing like really lush stuff yeah. I just thought it was brilliant I was like mat leave is the thing um and then my second was obviously completely different literally right. at home with two young children and 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 my a lot of my friends had their first in that 2019 to 2020 mm. or in the 2020 mm. to 21 year and they're like this is awful like yeah why would anyone do this again and I'm like this is not it like yeah. being locked in your house with your baby ain't maternity leave like shouldn't yeah. be what maternity leave is I was like trust me if you have a second your life and even friends who are now having their seconds are like my gosh it's so much better like I can go places I can do things the baby's so much happier he's like stimulated I'm like yeah like you were never meant to be at home on your own with a baby like that's just not the that's no. not how it's meant to be so it's really interesting you say that because actually I think people's expectations they were saying like I'm not doing that again I was like no trust me yeah. trust me trust me it's so different yeah I and I think you're, you're you hit on the point exactly is that you're we're not meant to be at home at in a house alone with a baby ever like it's it's not like I mean not to say like obviously there's times but like on on a whole as mm. as a routine like that's not good for the mom it's not good for the baby yeah. it's not, not good for the family it's not good for anyone like just no. being on your own like that you you go a little bit crazy um, 100%. and the, like it's, the, really it's supposed hard. to be a support system yeah yeah 100 percent. 100 percent is meant to be together it's meant to be supportive and when that's not there, it's, it's a lot of motherhood. That's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and to not be able to like talk about it in, in the yeah. same way. Cause also there's things that you don't really want to say fully out loud on a zoom call, yeah. but there's things that you want to <laughs> just be able to say quietly to a friend Yeah, know, that feels a bit more, more secret. Uh, so totally. it sounds like you have like such, I mean, you have such a great setup and I, but it sounds like you've actually put time and effort in thinking it through Mm. And kind of the trial and error of t- trying things and shifting mm. and shifting your work and the childcare, mm. which I love. That's, uh, that's how I've, I've uh, worked things out as well as kind of like realizing things aren't working, shifting and mm. being open exactly. to kind of shifting both my work life and my childcare life to see what, what works best for my family. Is there anything that 100%. you purposely outsource? Like, do you, cause it sounds like you have mostly mm. unpaid help which is the dream of the grandparents but do you have anything that you that you do pay for that you purposefully outsource to someone else yeah I mean we have a cleaner every week and we've had her for like probably five years because it just got to the point where when I went back to work I mean even maternity leave I remember my husband like can't you just do a bit here and there and I was just like literally never and then I remember the first day I went back to work I asked him to take the day off so I just knew that she was settled and comfortable and everything would be fine he came home and considering this dude was doing like intense a and e shifts at the time he's like i have never been more exhausted and i was like thank you thank you welcome to my life like there is no doing he's like the responsibility the constantly having to assess everything and think everything i was like yeah like literally my life for the last year so i mean i think it's really good for us that we do share it because it's very much like he knows what it's like to be at home and i know what it's like to be at home and it's that's taken us a long time and I think just kind of societal views of the female and male role and, and what we were modeled growing up, you know, right. there've been some heated debates in our house of kind of like, what does this look like for this generation, for our family, for right. who I am, for who he is. And my career's taken a totally different path to what I ever thought it would, you know? So yeah, we do have that. I mean, I have an assistant who helps me with my work. So I very much outsource a lot of the admin now. 
Mm. Um, you know, we very much are the people like, <laughs> you know, we need new curtain rails. You know, we're not being like, oh, we're going to do it ourselves because we just don't have yeah. time. So yeah, I totally believe in like, paying the people that are good at their job experts um, yeah but what a great acknowledgement from your husband of like yes this a day at home with the child is exhausting yeah. but also good on him to admit that I think that sometimes mm. it takes a good size ego to understand like oh, yeah. what you have been doing is harder than either what I imagined it to be or what I have been doing and I think for so long like it's been put on a pedestal I remember us talking about this because like you know, when he was young, his dad was running, working a full-time job and doing a master's and his mom did mm. everything at home. And, and it was kind of this pedestal of like, well, oh, my dad had this full-time job and did a master's. And I'm like, would anyone put your mom on a pedestal that she was literally doing everything, everything at home? Else. Like, yeah, or everything else. I was like, you would never put a woman on a pedestal to be like, look at what no. she's doing and how no. many things she's literally having to do because he is out there having a career and doing a master's. Yeah, and, and it's like, and not to say like, that is impressive, but like what she, yeah. what, the fact that she held it all together on her own is more and more, right? Like she, <laughs> and like, impressive. I think it's always, it's like, okay, it's impressive what someone has accomplished, but look mm -hmm. at the, like, look at what someone has been able to do to put him in the position that he mm -hmm. felt supported. Like we exactly. always talk about like, oh, I'm so lucky because my husband supports me in doing X, mm. Y, and Z, but it's like, okay, let's turn that around and be like, listen, my husband's a badass and he's so successful. Look how successful he's able to be because I'm built, I'm allowing him the headspace to be, totally. to have that, all of those thoughts and to be that successful and to put all of that into action. Cause he knows everything at home is taken care of, or he doesn't have to worry about the kids or the admin of our life. So he's freed up that totally. headspace. So it's like, we're supporting in a lot of ways, a, a, a lot of stay-at-home moms are supporting their husband's careers so mm. much. And that's yeah. really where we need to to be kind of vocalizing that more and acknowledging Absolutely. That. I mean, it's like the Olympics, the athletes on the podium, but that dude is the one who ran that race. You've got the strength and conditioning coach, the physios, the coach, yeah. the other people who, you know, the nutritionists, without all of those people that guy ain't going to win the olympic yeah, medal exactly and it's exactly the same but yet not everyone can stand on the podium no so i think it's just always remembering behind all success like like the book that i've written everyone's like whoa how have you done it and i'm like well yes i'm the one who's sat and written the words but my husband's been like doing nearly every bedtime for the last year he has cooked most meals i don't think i've done any real cooking or shopping my parents have been here more than they probably would ever want to. My in-laws have been mopping up childcare at random weekends. Like I've worked most Sunday mornings. Like, yes, yeah. I my name's on that book, but the people that have allowed that book to happen, who have been me in the scenarios that I've not been able to be in and the kids' patients with that as well, you know, they are part of that team as well. Yeah, It's a lot. And so there's yeah. always just remembering that we never work as an island and there is this massive team approach to any projects that goes yeah. on yeah I agree I mean I think that a lot of people especially women think that they can or think that they should be that island that that mom who does it all that you know wonder woman and really it's it, I think it's so detrimental like if there's one thing I could just oh. remove from society it would be this ideal of the woman who does it all it's like no yeah. that woman is is exhausted and miserable and yeah. she's not giving anything to herself if she's doing it yeah. all She's doing it all for everyone else. And she's totally. 
empty and it, that's not fair to her. And really that's yeah. a horrible example to set for the kids. And I'm Thank sure you. the kids pick up on that. And so it's just not, yeah. it's not helpful. So exactly. is there anything that you, uh, do you have any like pain point right now with your setup that is, is not necessarily working or a pain point that you had in the past that was like mm. a real, not a sticking point at all? I mean, I, I'm still working far too much. Like I work, mm. I've, you know, especially in the last year, it's been like every evening till midnight trying to do everything. Um, and I don't want to work like that forever, but I also do believe in seasons. And I think sometimes most of us can do anything yeah. for a season. So yeah. I think that, you know, my son going to nursery, I will only gain one extra morning because he'll go when I'm actually at work. So I wanted to keep my final year with the little one at home. I wanted to have yeah. at least two days with him um, so we can go and do all the fun things because I never got to do that with my daughter. Like I didn't get to go to Legoland out of like, yeah. you know, with the preschooler because it was COVID. I didn't get yeah. to do this age group in the real world. I was just stuck mm. at home. And so I was like, I really want to claim that back. So I'll gain a little bit more time. I think trying to bring a bit more balance, but generally I just feel like in such a privileged position and I, I completely own my privilege because you know the fact that we have so much support has allowed me to do you know on social media so always be like oh Claire's written a book and Claire runs busy clinics and da, 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 da. but yeah I, I come from an incredible privilege of having a lot of support and yeah you can leapfrog off that and and my situation is very different to a lot of other people there are hard really, things about it as well yeah but it's I really love what you just said about seasons that you can kind of especially mm. if you if you know an end point is coming it's easy yes. to kind of deal with whatever the pain point is it's like if you know that school is starting or you know that yes. this this time with your child is ending you can kind of look at it and realize okay this is a season like you said this is a season of your life that you're going to be working mm -hmm. much more you you've just finished this book and then you're going to be promoting it for a while but that yeah. will be like a busy season, but that's mm. not going to last uh, forever. No like it may, it may mean that you're busier in the ongoing as, as everything picks yes. up steam, but at the same time, it's not going to be like as intense as writing the book a hundred percent all in. Exactly. But yeah. yeah. Different so, types of tiredness as well. Isn't yeah. It, right. Yeah. Like, and it's, it is, I was just talking to a friend who just, who just had a new baby. Um, She and yeah. I had our first at the same time in COVID. And so we were, always in communication and then I had my second earlier and she just had her second and she's like I forgot about how exhausting the, the newborn age is but it's that physical exhaustion of breastfeeding and you're up and the sleeplessness and all of this and she's like but the second child is tough because you are also have the toddler running around which is a different again a different yeah. type of exhaustion and it's like the different phases of motherhood is, is just different areas <laughs> like different types of exhaustion like physical or mental or emotional but luckily it does shift a bit so it's like to all the yeah. new moms it's kind of like that physical exhausted sleeplessness mm. does eventually shift it doesn't necessarily yeah. tiredness doesn't go away but you start to sleep yeah. more oh totally yeah it's different isn't it and and oh yeah that early newborn I mean there's nothing like that that is yeah. just brutal um, I mean, actually, I it, think the worst, the worst for me was the last weeks of pregnancy. I think that the, the sleeplessness of that, because you were so physically uncomfortable, mm. like oh, at yeah. least with the newborn, when you closed your eyes, you were like, you could sleep where the last <laughs> weeks of being pregnant, I was enormous yeah. and I just could not get comfortable. And it was just yeah. like, so physically uncomfortable and so tired from that. And it was yeah. like that I would love to be pregnant again. But those weeks, <laughs> I know, you're like, please no. Or like when that nausea kicks in and then you're like, yeah. 
I mean, there's so many bits that the second time or third time around, you're suddenly like, oh, yes, I remember this. I remember in labor being like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I remember this now. Oh, God, yeah. this doesn't end until it's over. And you're like, know. it's so funny, isn't it? How you're suddenly just like taken back and you're like, oh, I did. I did forget. And now you, I remember. You realize how much you actually do forget. And then you're like, oh, yeah. my goodness, I forgot about I that. Yeah. 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 So um, is there anything you would do differently with your setup? That's a great question. Yeah, Yeah, we have a pretty sweet deal. I mean, (laughs) I've definitely toyed with the fact of would it have been better to have a bit more, like paid for a bit more nursery. Mm. um, So I had to work less in the evening. So maybe I could be a little bit more, less exhausted overall. Mm. But the tricky thing, a lot of my work, uh, you know, I do visits in the evening. People want visits in the evening. So then I was like, I could have paid for childcare in the day, be with him less. But actually working when they're asleep is actually almost, better and so yeah I've definitely gone around around that but it, it you know it wouldn't have worked for us because then I'd have had to start him somewhere and then move him again and I actually I know my kids I just don't think that would have been the best for them mm. and they they they've loved being at home and that's another yeah. privilege and, and some people don't think that's right they think kids from one should be in that more social setting I mean we've been you know we definitely haven't kept them at home without children you know they're with children every single day right. um in different it's just different setups to kind of formal nursery so mm. Yeah, I I don't think I would do anything differently. I, I feel very like I've really loved these early years. Um, yeah. And, you know, one more year and I will have two children in school and I'll probably mm. be sat there thinking, oh, gosh, like, this is weird. Like, you know, it'll be much more different season again where it'll be like less of them and then holidays will be really, I, I think I'll probably go to like not working in half terms and not trying to yeah. work and just really shift so I can be massively there when they are there and work a bit more when they're at school. Yeah, that actually, that actually, I think was one of my big shifts in my last role was when my youngest went to nursery, because I both of my boys do full time nursery. And when he went to nursery, and he wasn't at at home. So I when I was previously, I was working full time, but he was at home all day. And then I got kind of the mornings and the in the evenings with my eldest. Yeah. And then when he shifted and went to nursery, I thought it was going to be easier, but I found it so much harder because I didn't have that mm-hmm. time with him just minutes during the day or yeah. seeing him. And then yeah. when the house was empty and it was just me working, I think the reality of me working and it, it was more obvious that I was working yes. instead of spending time with my kids. Yes. And that was a big shift for me to be like, I need to reevaluate this because yeah. I have all of this time that I'm focusing on work that then Mm. my boys are away from me. And that was the big thing. So I think, I mean, you've had all this great time with your kids Mm. being home. So that shift won't be the same when they go to school and school is such a, such a natural, Yeah, they have to, they have to, they have to go to school. Yeah, you have to. And, you know, it's funny, like my three year old's really excited. And it's hard, you know, second mm-hmm. kid, like he sees his sister going to school. He's like, I want to do the same. And he keeps Absolutely. being like, when am I starting? When am I starting? And so I hope that novelty doesn't wear off within the first two days. So he'll be so excited to go. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's just everything's different. And I don't think it will wear off. I mean, my son was so much younger. He wanted to go to school way before he could. And by school, I mean nursery. Yeah. Once he started going, it was like, if he had to stay home sick one day, it was like oh. the end of the world because he got to go where where yeah. his brother goes. So it was like, it became his routine where like, it's I think my eldest, if in the early days, if he needed to stay home, it was, he was like, fine, I, I, I don't care. But 
yeah with the second born like you're right they really like because they see their older sibling going they want to go so badly that it's like they very quickly are like mom you're not important like I want to follow follow them like my priority is the the older sibling Mm. that's and someone told me that when I was pregnant they're like you have to realize that like your heart is like when you're first was born you're like you are my number one priority mm-hmm. and you for you your kids are like your number one priority and for your eldest mm-hmm. like you're probably going to be their number one priority but with a second born their number yeah. one in their life is their sibling and then yeah. mom or, or dad is number <laughs> two or three like yeah you, you are below the sibling because the sibling yeah. is just the the end all be all yeah which I, I found Absolutely. I found they like, told me that and I was like whatever and then I see it in practice it's like oh wow like <laughs> Oh, I'm right. Yeah. Um, so I've seen random saying that. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's the best thing because truly Mm. there there's no there's no bond like the sibling bond. And to see it in practice is just yeah. Yeah. So I have some random questions to end it. I think that uh I'm gonna I already know the answer to the first one, but what's the best (laughs) holiday you've been on as a family and what was that setup like? Oh yeah, I'd say this one we've just been on, yeah. So a bit of travel, but a city break um adventuring slowing down you know climbing waterfalls climbing rocks like it just felt like it had something for everyone like I love a city break and I need that sort of activity my husband needs like nature and just like finding stuff and and the kids have become real adventurers and love exploring so it really has something for everyone amazing when they were when they were younger do you ever did you go on a, a vacation that worked well in terms of childcare or nanny or yeah. did you bring grandparents along yeah we've often done a bit of grandparents here and there mm. we've done quite a few trips to Cornwall because that's where my husband's family often go every year but I to be honest I just I'm not a massive beach lover like I like ah. a pool or like a like adventure yeah. I, I don't love the beach never mm. really did it when I was mm. young so it's not my favorite thing um but yeah we often would go away with my parents for a few days just to ease us into holidays let me and my husband go out uh, and then we'd have a few days on our own but we've we've really only for the last five years since I was pregnant my second done English holidays we've done various trips around England we've actually not been abroad um for just I mean COVID here and then yeah yeah I was either heavily pregnant then it was COVID then I just couldn't face traveling with two really small children I just was like it's just and then we got offered different you know come here with us come there with us I was like okay fine I'll just do all that but this year I felt just really ready and it was great so yeah but and actually my parents came to the Alps with us for a few days they were like en route to Slovenia their mum's like we'll just pop into Austria on the way I was like is it on the way as funny it is so yeah so it might be you know maybe that was a really nice time with that kind of connection point with them again like doing something with them that isn't childcare. yeah um good. so yeah sweet deal so last question is what is your guilty pleasure to unwind oh watching some trashy tv like Ooh. married at first sight or oh. Like I love psychology and relationships and yeah. I think within my job, there's quite a lot of that as well. Um, so I just love watching things play out. Um, pretty much any trash. I really don't like watching anything that makes me have to think because I'm yeah. often really tired. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that is really my good. So thing. married at first sight, what, tell me, tell me some, I'm, I, I love a, I love a trashy TV show. I'm curious what else you're, you're into. I don't I don't watch married at first sight. I've never been. Oh, do you not? I'm, oh, more of a, I'm more of a Bravo girl. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, so Married at First Sight, yeah, it's just brilliant. So, I mean, there's, they do it in different countries, but the Australian one is particularly popular. 
and literally australians always do reality tv like it's always next level right oh next level and they're also the real the real house the real housewives had a franchise in melbourne you know in melbourne i think and it was like i would have to watch that they were insane like it was Like it wasn't even on for very long, but they have some of the more iconic, like they were nuts. They were just all born for reality TV. It was unreal. Made made for it. Yeah. I mean, these guys are definitely made for it. Then they, um, yeah, they literally get married and then it's just kind of the outplay of, they've never met. Um, and then they just have this kind of, and they have relationship experts um, who kind of give them advice every week. And it's just really fascinating to watch how people what are, the, and... what are the stats on their success do any of them have a, is there any some, success rate yeah. yeah there is so some there are some long-term relationships I'd say every season there might be like one or two relationships that last out say like I don't know if it's like 10 to 15 couples um it's impressive though it's yeah so it definitely does work for some people um but it's yeah it's I just I find is it there hilarious. data is there do, do the relationships experts like put them together initially yeah, based, okay so like they've yeah. been like kind of matched together purposely. yes it's based on like values and interviews they've done with them and I okay. think questionnaires and then they kind of be they only can do it from the pool of people that apply right, right. so it's right. it's a, right. it's it's a kind of like odd yeah. and sometimes the matching was I'm like that's really I don't think that's ever gonna work yeah um and obviously it's still a tv show so there needs to be drama and there needs to be interest if it was all just everyone getting on really well and no one's probably gonna watch it so right. um but that is my guilty pleasure. My husband Amazing. doesn't watch it. I just watch it on my own. Yeah, I mean, the my husband doesn't watch any of the of the Bravo shows that I'm no. deeply obsessed with. But this is it. It's fine. It's, it's fine to have your own space. It is. Yeah. It is really fine. And well, also, lastly, it's very uh, current now. But and is, have you seen the Barbie movie yet? No, but I need to. I, I'm obsessed with all the interviews on TikTok. I'm like, oh my gosh! I know. But we've just been out the country, so I've not seen it yet. <sighs> it's it's I'm so excited for you to watch I think that I mean I'm like obsessed with it I just I think that I feel like it's like a like it's like a love story to girlhood like it just it just kind of it just yeah so I just I I loved it but yeah oh I can't wait yeah some of the like lines I've heard I'm like yeah that's so true and I love how Ken like or Ryan Gosling he's just so perfect for that character and all the interviews you know he's like it's not about me it's about barbie let's yeah. make it about barbie yeah. um that someone someone me. said i saw someone say you know he deserves the oscar because truly no one yeah. else could have played that role except for him yes. like that's what yes. makes him oscar worthy it's not that the the performance is oscar worthy because there's no other actor in the world that could have played it he could have done it yeah, yeah. That's, that's so that's true, true. Yeah. yeah yeah he is amazing he's so versatile and yet he's yeah. so awkward and shy in real I life know. like I know but also he was him when he did win I think he won a golden globe and he was like he was the one who basically said like I get this because I was off yeah I could never have done this if my wife was not at home looking after our two kids and caring for her brother who had cancer so he's like this award is for her because she is just as much part of this as I am and I just was like thank you for saying that because he's he's really a good one I mean hopefully he's a good one I know yeah (laughs) you never tell but from what he says it sounds good (laughs) yeah well Claire thank you so much for taking the time and I cannot wait to read your book remind everyone uh when it comes out yes it comes out September the 14th and it's called Strong Foundations Amazing. And can we, can we pre-order it on Amazon? Yeah. 
pre-order Amazon. It's open now. And yeah, I really just want to make public health more mainstream in the conversation. So anything we can do to spread the word. Is and also uh, your your Instagram, where, where can people find you? Mm. So yeah, my Insta, hand, Insta handle is Claire Born Physio. So I'm Claire with an I, born like the films and physio. Wonderful. And I'll tag that in the episode notes so people can find you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Have Have a lovely day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to I Have Help. If you've enjoyed this episode, hit follow or subscribe and please leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love feedback. So please tell me how I'm doing. You can find me on Instagram at I Have Help. And if you're interested in being on the show or participating in any way, Drop me a DM or fill out the survey at the top of the profile. Thanks again. Chat soon.